Hello, everyone. Ryan Rodriguez here again with another episode of Connecting Keel Haulers. Today, we are joined by Jamie Matos, a GSMA graduate from the class of 2016. Jamie, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to share some of your experiences in your career, as well as your time at Cal Maritime. Yeah, thank you for having me. Jamie has most recently worked as a chief purser for the American Queen Steamboat Company, where she had port landings on the Mississippi and Columbia Rivers. She had worked at American Queen Steamboat Company since graduation before being laid off in September due to the pandemic. So Jamie, if you don't mind, um, I think that would be probably a good place to start with the layoff, um, something that I think a lot of people have experienced in, uh, the, in this last year of craziness. So how was that process handled for you? And then how has your job search been going since then? Yeah, so, um... You know, like you said, I had been working on um, these boats since graduation, and um, I was actually down in Houma, Louisiana last year, um, working on the American Countess, which was a new vessel that they were ready to launch. And, um, you know, we had been working really hard, really long hours for a few months, um, kind of down in the swamp in Louisiana, um, in the shipyard. And uh, I believe it was like March, I don't know, 15th or so. Um, and we had a big meeting and basically the company said, you know, um, I know you guys haven't really been connected to the real world recently, you know, living on board this ship and in the swamp. Um, but there's this thing, you know, going on. Um, we are in the middle of a global pandemic, you know, COVID um, has hit really hard and we're going to have to send everybody home. Um, and it was pretty... It was a pretty big blow. I think everyone was really excited to launch this new vessel in April and we were all really excited. It was like really getting down to the wire. Um, and then we were all told we had to go home. And at this point, you know, I wasn't really watching the news. Um, we had literally just set up televisions on, you know, the, the boat. So I didn't even really have, you know, access to Wi-Fi or anything. And I was, you know, just go, go, go. This is crunch time. Um, and so we were basically told, you know, you need to go home. So we all went home and, you know, like a lot of other people, I just kind of waited to see when this would end. And we all thought, you know, June, it'll end July, it'll end. And of course it didn't. It's March. Um, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, um, unfortunately, you know, by the time September rolled around, we were then laid off, um, and, you know, it was, it was hard. Um, I, I was definitely pretty sad about it because I had, you know, worked at this company for four years at that point. Um, and, you know, I felt really close and very loyal to them um, because of the fact that that was sort of like my first real big girl job, you know, at a college. Um, and it was a bummer, but of course, totally understandable, um, you know, and I actually recently was invited to um, reapply, but it's not really something that I think I'm going to be doing, um, you know, anytime in the near future. I think cruise ships are kind of behind me now. Um, I'm sort of looking for a new career path. Um, it was really fun while it lasted, and I, I really loved every minute of it. Um, but, you know, we just recently bought a house here in North Carolina, so we're working on that. And it just seemed like a natural time to sort of, you know, kind of part ways with the cruise ship industry. And um, maybe someday I'll go back to it, but not anytime soon. Um, but as far as looking for a job goes, um, last year was a lot more challenging for sure. I think people had just laid off so many employees, you know, so they were afraid to hire, um, 
you know, last year. And um, so this year I started reapplying again um, and I have had a way better experience. Um, I think a lot more people are open to, um, you know, starting to hire more people and train um, new employees. And I think 2021 is definitely, you know, looking up. I, I would not be nervous if you're someone who's looking to apply or, you know, you're graduating this year and you're feeling a little bit nervous it's really not that scary. You'll, you'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. That, I think that's what we've seen in career services too, is like last year with all the uncertainty, you know, and I, I mean, I'm thinking back to a year ago right now and all of a sudden internships started to drop or people that had internships, it's like, they don't have them anymore because the companies didn't know what to, how to proceed. And now they, at least if things are open, like it doesn't seem as much like there's a fear of them dropping because they, they kind of know what they're going to do now so on and so forth with the with the virus and stuff so so yeah, yeah i think absolutely. it's a, starting to look up uh, a little bit more at least or a little bit more consistency as opposed to the influx nature of you know like you said september last summer things of that nature so definitely. yeah and and i've seen way more like remote positions available even remote internships you know i'm yep. obviously not looking for an internship but mm -hmm. i've seen tons of postings for remote internships now i think that now that everyone's kind of gotten the hang of zoom and all of the sort of growing pains um in that sort of transition um they're more willing to kind of think outside the box and hire in ways that they might not have in the past yeah yeah totally no i mean uh things like this happen and it does it does drive innovation or um, maybe changes that were further on the horizon kind of get accelerated and it's like, yeah. okay, we got to We got to kind of adjust. So uh, yeah, no, I think that's definitely good advice. Uh, any, just before we move on, um, kind of thinking to your, when you were, had your job search, when you graduated in a, not an economic recession and to now any um, differences that you've seen or things that um, you would kind of advise kind of at this time, for students looking for jobs? Yeah, you know, um, something that I felt when I was at Cal Maritime and even now um, is, you know, looking for a job is a full-time job in itself. <laughs> um, it's a lot of really long hours, a lot of kind of weeding through the companies that, you know, are right for you or maybe not, you know, aren't so good for you. Um, and I've always really taken it really seriously. Um, you know, I want to make sure that I'm able to find a company that I will be an asset to and that will benefit from, you know, my employment there, as well as, you know, the other side of that. I want to make sure that I'm in a company where I feel like I'm welcomed, you know, I'm, you know, there um, and I feel like I'm gaining something from this employment as well. So just, you know, I would recommend just taking it really seriously. Don't, you know, just take any old job. You want to make sure that it's something that you feel passionate about, something that, you know, resonates with you in one way or another. Yeah, no, totally. You're, you're interviewing the company as much as they are interviewing you. Exactly. For sure. Yeah. And you, you want to make sure that you are waking up in the morning and you're maybe not excited to go to work. I know it's kind You're of You're not going to be excited every day, yeah, trust me. Exactly. And I'm not a morning person. So regardless of what company I'm working for, I'm, you know, pretty grumpy in the morning as it is. But at least knowing that you can go there and you're going to be happy and you're not going to be you know upset or grumpy or in a bad mood or you know you want to make sure that at the end of the day you're happy with yourself and and your employer you know totally totally so um thinking still a little bit more with american queen steamboat company so you worked as a 
onboard human resource coordinator, then you were a purser, and then you became the chief purser. So tell us kind of uh, what drew you to the company at first, and then these roles and kind of what you did, you know, maybe a little bit for each of them. Yeah, so my path to the American Queen Steamboat Company was kind of long, actually, it took a, it, there was a a couple of years that led up to it that, you know, in the process of all of it, I didn't even realize that that was sort of the road I was headed down. Um, but my, I would say sophomore year going into junior year, I was in the mess deck and I had overheard a conversation um, with another student who said that he um, was a business student, had just gotten an internship on the Golden Bear. And I didn't even really know him that well, but I basically like butted in into the conversation and said like, what are you talking about? I need to know how I can get on this boat. So, you know, he explained that there were two um, business and logistics or GSMA, um, you know, internships available. So I basically just said, okay, fine. I need to figure out how I'm going to get this job. You know, I wanted to be gone that summer <laughs> anyway. Um, so I talked to the school and basically they said, yeah, you know, um, for the first part of the summer, um, we're actually, we don't need any more cadets, um, in your major. Um, but for the second part of the summer, we have one spot left and it just happened to be for the Pirates Cove, um, sort of manager internship position. Um, and, you know, I wasn't completely interested in <laughs> sitting in Pirates Cove all summer, but yeah. it was a way to get on the ship. Mm -hmm. And it ended up being really great. Um, you know, I, I went with Texas Maritime. It was actually mostly Texas Maritime and like maybe 30 Cal Maritime students. Um, so it was cool because I got to meet a bunch of other people um, from another Maritime Academy, which later on down the road, I actually worked with a few of them. I, I'm um, sure you did work in, <laughs> on the Mississippi for sure. Yeah, exactly. Um so, you know, I got to go to Saipan and Guam um, and we ended up going to San Diego, which is my hometown. So I got to stay home for a couple of nights, which was also very nice. Um, but yeah, so so um, that summer, while I was kind of like hanging out in Pirates Cove, just eating Hot Pockets and, you know, whatever you do down there, um, I was sort of thinking, you know, I really like being out here. This is fun. This is great. But I also don't really want to be like a decky or an engineer. You know, I was, everyone was outside working in the sun and it was hot. And I was like, I'm really glad I'm down here and it's air conditioned. Um, so that just sort of sparked my interest in, you know, the maritime hospitality industry um, and cruise ships in particular. So, um, the next year, um, while I was in my junior year of, of college, I, um, you know, was constantly in the career fair, um, working on my resume, trying to find more internships, um, and I went to the career fair, um, and I found Alcatraz Cruises um, in the San Francisco Bay Area, and they um, were looking for a few students, um, and they were actually looking for someone who was either GSMA or business and logistics. So I gave them my resume and they called me back. I interned or I interviewed with them. Um, and they basically asked me if I wanted to be their sort of like admin assistant um, intern. So that summer um, I stayed in San Francisco um, with a friend of mine's parents. Um, he was actually graduating from Cal Maritime and said, you know, if you need a place to stay, my parents will take you in. Um, they're going to have empty nest syndrome anyway, you know, so stay with them. <laughs> um, and I was so thankful that they let me stay with them because I probably wouldn't have taken the internship 
um, because I didn't have, you know, the means to yeah. find an apartment housing or a place to live. In area is, uh, exactly. It's, I mean, insane. Um, so I was really, really grateful for his family who kind of just took me in and were really wonderful and fed me and, you know, loved me like I was their child or something. So, um, I interned with Alcatraz Cruises that summer, and that was how I found out about the American Queen Steamboat Company, because Hornblower and AQSC are all um, <clears throat> sister companies and affiliated with Alcatraz Cruises. Gotcha. So the next year, um, you know, I was in my senior year, and about three quarters of the way through, I started looking into AQSC, and they had a purser position open as well as the onboard human resources coordinator. And I applied to both and got denied both times. At the time, they had a very strict hiring zone policy, and they were basically just hiring out of uh, Memphis, Tennessee, and New Orleans, Louisiana. Being from San Diego, I didn't have an address in either of those places. Didn't even Far know away. anyone in. Yeah, I didn't even know anyone there really, so I couldn't just like fake an address. Um, so I told my boss, you know, she had asked me, um, my boss at Alcatraz Cruises, um, Margaret Foster Rosner, she um, asked me basically if I had been looking for jobs or what I was doing, you know, if I had any plans for after graduation. And I told her that I had applied to AQSC and got denied. And she basically said, well, why didn't you tell me, you know, I could have helped you. I know, um, you know, the VP of Human Resources, Christina Price, um, you know, she's really great. I can, I can talk to her and see if she'll, she'll just go ahead and interview you anyways. Um, and I felt kind of bummed <laughs> because I really wanted to get the job like on my own, you know, and um, looking back on it, that was so silly because <laughs> it's really all about who you know and, you know, your network and your connections. And it was still my resume. It was still my interview. I still had to impress them. You know, it's not like they yeah. were just going to give me the job. Um, so, you know, basically just don't be afraid to ask for help um, mm -hmm. in situations like that because most people are you know very willing to help um, so I interviewed with them and I took the job as the onboard human resources coordinator um, you know when Christina Price was <laughs> interviewing me she asked me what I knew about HR and I told her well you know I don't really have a background in that um, but um, you know I'm willing to learn and she, you know, kind of took a chance on me, I'm sure. Um, but I think it all ended up, you know, going really well. I learned a ton. Um, I'm sure they felt some growing pains on their side, just dealing with me, not really having any experience in HR, but they were really patient and, um, you know, worked with me and taught me everything I needed to know. Um, so yeah, I mean, that was sort of the like long kind of drawn out story of how I got there. And then once I was there, I just sort of, you know, worked my way up and um, I was kind of looking for a change. I had done HR for two years and was like, I still liked it. You know, I was still having a really good time, but I just wanted something different. You know, I just needed something, something, uh, just a change, you know? So the uh, purser position with the sort of um, potential to eventually be chief purser kind of opened up. 
So I technically sort of took like a demotion from my HR position in gotcha. order to potentially be promoted, you know, like Beyond. 10 steps ahead. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I was a little sour about that at first. It wasn't the end of the world. And I only ended up doing that job for literally a few months. Mm. Um, and then I was sort of, you know, put into the chief purser position by chance. It was just, you know, a bunch of movement, people either leaving the company or moving into other positions or different roles. Um, and it just sort of was like the natural, you know, next step. Um, so I got really lucky and I didn't have to stay in the purser position for too long or anything. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, just having, um, you know, not closing any doors, being very open to anything really was sort of how I got to that position. Well, yeah, no, I like how you actually touched on a couple of things there of like not having a human resources background and and uh, American Queen Steamboat just being like, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll kind of teach you what it is because we, we have that with a lot of students of like, I don't really have, I haven't done this before. And, right. and, you know, trying to remind them like companies aren't looking for you necessarily, especially in entry level positions or internships and stuff to be an expert. Like they'll teach you what to do as long as you have, base skills and, and transferable skills of good communication and work ethic and all that stuff. You know, you can learn a lot just by, just by applying those. Um, and then also when you said like, I took a little step back to be a purser to, for this broader goal and how sometimes that's how careers work is that, you know, it's not a, a linear line of building. It's, you know, kind of moving around and, um, you know, maybe sometimes you look at the bigger picture as opposed to the short term and, and then, like you said, I was only a person for a couple months and then I got to where I really wanted to be. And, and it works out a lot, a lot of times in that way. So, yeah, yeah. definitely. And, um, you know, I, I think back on my time at Cal Maritime, it's like even with internships, you know, there were plenty of internships that I took and I almost didn't take them mm -hmm. because I thought I have no business doing this. I have yep. no idea what that means. What the job description overwhelmed me, you mm -hmm. know? So how could I do the job? Um, but, you know, something my parents have always told me and my dad in particular was like, just take the job and then figure it out, you know, mm -hmm. just kind of like fake it till you make it. Yep, you'll get totally. in, you'll be fine. You'll find the right people, you know, that will mentor you. People will help you. Um, all along the way, you know, just be willing to ask for help and ask questions and don't let your ego get in the way, you know, just, just be humble, be, you know, kind. I think that's another really big one. You know, we sort of forget that it's like, especially people working on a boat, you know, if you're just nice and like kind of funny and just cool, you know, people are so willing to help you and mm -hmm. just kind of like guide you into whatever the right direction is um, just to, you know, keep you on the right track. Um, and I think that's really important, you know? Totally, totally. Yeah, no, it's, it, it goes a long way, those those little things. And the company's invested in you now to do a good job. So if you're going to ask, like, they they want to reciprocate it because if you're not going to do a good job, then they're also going to suffer the bottom <laughs> line and all that. Stuff. So, so yeah, it, goes, exactly. it definitely goes uh, both ways for sure. Just before we move on from this, what would you say is like the difference between being a purser and a chief person, like kind of how does those, how do those roles uh, differ? What more responsibilities do you gain as the chief person? Yeah. So when I was a purser, um, I was at the desk for, you know, about 
10 to 12 hours a day. Um, and at the desk, I mean, you know, the guest services desk. Mm -hmm. So we were answering all kinds of questions. I mean, taking room service orders, um, you know, following up with our housekeeping staff, if there was ever any issues, you know, with the cabins or um, anything like that, we were constantly having to communicate with our shore excursions team um, in order to make sure that our guests were signed up for the shore excursions that they were looking um, into, you know, going on. Um, it's just a lot of communication with the guests and with other departments um, and just making sure you're constantly following up with the guests. If there's ever a complaint, you follow up with the guests. You'll always want to be, you know, you want to make sure that you follow up with them before they have a chance to follow up with you, you know, yes. and just, yeah, and just make sure their experience is going well. And, um, you know, one of the things I really liked about being a purser was, um, you know, we were allowed to send like chocolate covered strawberries to cabins of guests that we really liked in particular, had a connection with, or, you know, we were always encouraged to, um, you know, just reach out to the guests and communicate with them in a positive way. Um, because a lot of times, you know, working at the purser's desk, you get a lot of, um, you have some not so nice interactions with people when they're upset, you know. Customer service <laughs> so you, is tough. Yeah. So you, you always want to make sure you're just following up with them and making sure they're having a good time and making sure that their, you know, cruise is running smoothly. And if it's not, then it's your job to kind of turn that around. Um, and as the chief purser, it was a lot more of like the behind the scenes work. Um, I was in charge of payroll and accounting. So making sure that all the, the crew members were getting paid correctly. Um, you know, it was a lot more like the larger scale um, guest service issues. So if, you know, the pursers were at the front desk and were having a hard time with the guests, if someone was just if it was something that the pursers couldn't take care of, like someone was having an elevated issue, um, that was sort of my job to kind of step in and be able to gauge, you know, when the pursers are kind of looking back at you, like, help me, <laughs> you know, just being able to step in and um, turn those situations around. Um, it was also a lot more like a FaceTime with the guests in a more intimate setting, like going to the shows or going to special dinners with the guests. Um, you know, just just being like a friendly face um, around the vessel as well, not just at the desk, um, making sure you're constantly getting up and moving around, checking in on them, things like that. Um, but both positions were great. Um, I really did love them. It was it was really um, interesting to be able to meet all kinds of people from all over the world. Um, our cruise line um, just did inland waterways on the United or in the United States. So we had a lot more guests, I would say, from the US, but they're from all over. Um, so just being able to meet people from everywhere and connect with them and um, even, you know, some of the more challenging stuff like turning situations around. Um, that was fun too, because you could get the crankiest, <laughs> you know, people that were really upset about something. Um, in your head, you might think, you know, this seems really silly. This isn't that big of a deal. You know, this is an easy fix. But in their minds, it's like a really big deal to them, you know. So just being able to take that situation and turn it around and, um, you know, make sure that they have a good cruise. Totally, totally. Uh, thinking back now to um, the one internship you haven't talked about yet with uh, Canal Barge Company. So, mo you know, most students, and like you were mentioning with Alcatraz, housing is one of the biggest things and that's why they usually take internships close to home uh, where they grew up and stuff so what kind of made you 
leave the West Coast or, or kind of how did that happen getting out to New Orleans? Uh, how did you go about finding housing? And then what did you do while, while you were at that internship? Yeah, so um, I think it was my, I must, yeah, it must have been my junior year going into my senior year as well. So I too far back now. <laughs> I know, I know, it's hard. They, it starts to like just mesh into one big yeah. memory. Um, but so I was going into my senior year, but um, I guess in my junior year, I um, interned for that at the time it was called the Pop Conference, the Pearls of Power, which um, it now it sounds like it's the Women in Maritime Leadership Conference yeah. at Cal Maritime. So I interned for that um, with Benita Dillon and basically just, you know, um, helped set up the conference in whatever way, you know, Benita um, needed me to help. Um, and I had a really great time. It was a good experience. Um, you know, I, I would say it was one of the most memorable um, internships I did um, while I was at Cal Maritime and I made a ton of great, you know, connections through it. Um, but because I interned for them, Vanita encouraged me to apply to um, go to the Kings Point um, Women in Maritime Leadership Conference. And I was kind of nervous to apply and didn't really think I would get picked. Um, and Vanita was like, just do it. You should just apply, you know. So there were three of three of us that got picked to go to this conference. And while I was there, I was listening to a panel and a woman named Joy Manthe, um, who um, was on the panel, was speaking. And, you know, she worked on barges and I didn't really, you know, have any connection to barges or feel, you know, yeah. like that really resonated with me. Um, but she had a really thick New Orleans accent and I'd been to New Orleans and really loved it. So after the con or after her panel was done um, and we could, you know, kind of talk with the panelists, I went up to her and basically explained, you know, um, who I was and, you know, where I was from. And I just said, you know, I, I recognize your accent, you know, how's New Orleans? What, you know, we just kind of had a really basic conversation. And um, I did not expect anything to come out of this conversation at all. I just was trying to be friendly. And she basically asked me, you know, well, do you know anyone in New Orleans? Um, have you ever thought about working in New Orleans? I said, no, you know, I don't know anyone there. You know, and she said, well, what about an internship? And I said, well, again, I really don't know anyone there. I don't know any companies there, you know, and she was basically like, oh, that's the easy part. You know, it's New Orleans. Everyone's super friendly. You know, you'll be walking down the street and someone will invite you into their home to have lunch with them or whatever, you know. So I said, oh, OK, well, I, you know, I don't I don't really have anyone that I know there. I really don't know much about it. She said, well, why don't you take my name and number and, you know, we'll talk. Like, let's just stay connected and, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see what happens. And again, I mean, months went by and I really didn't think much of it. And, you know, I kind of reached out to her just to say, hey, you know, I am going into the summer now and I'm kind of looking for jobs or internships. She said, yeah, you know, let me um, let me reach out to some friends that I have here in the New Orleans area and I'll see what I can do. And she found the Canal Barge Company. She had, you know connections there and um, they were looking for an intern. So I applied for the internship and got it. And again, was like sort of faced with this problem of, well, I am a college student. I really don't have any money. You know, I, yeah. at the time, didn't even have a driver's license, <laughs> uh, which is a whole nother story. I, didn't know if you're one of I just, yeah, I just <laughs> never got my license until I was 21. But 
Um, I didn't have a driver's license, you know, didn't have any money, didn't have a place to rent, knew no one there. And, you know, as we were sort of going back and forth on email, she basically just said, you know, um, look, I'm going to be gone a lot of the time because I'm working on these boats and, you know, it would be great. You could stay with me basically. And I remember like almost being in tears because it just seemed so shocking that someone that I barely knew would just invite me into their home like this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, I mean, it was just so amazing to see that, you know, there really are good people out there that have your best interests at heart and are just willing to, you know, help you and mentor you every step of the way. Um, so, you know, that was the exact same summer actually that I worked for Alcatraz Cruises. So I was just bouncing from house to house, you know, with like people that I didn't really know that well, but were just so kind and willing to take me in. Um, so I stayed with her for about a month and a half in New Orleans in the summertime, which was amazing because in the summertime, New Orleans has, you know, events every week, pretty much, you know, um, with jazz festivals and all kinds of really cool, you know, outdoor activities. Um, so it was great, you know, just being able to be there and work and um, just being taken in by someone who who was just so kind. Totally. And you said you, so what, when you, you were working like ops, right, for them? So what were you doing yeah. Yeah, for that? Um, so um, basically, you know, I was just kind of there, um, in, I mean, I did whatever they really mm-hmm. wanted me to do yeah. um, as like a lot of internships intern, go. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but um, I was there to help them work on their operations manual and um, just sort of update it. Um, there were some new Coast Guard regulations that had just come into place like that year. So they wanted to make sure that all of their manuals were up to date with Coast Guard regulations and things like that. Gotcha. Yeah, no, is that, that's what we try and tell students all the time. Interns are not going to make you do something crazy. You know, sometimes you're just being a check for them or a different set pair of eyes to make sure things yeah. are going well. Yeah. yeah. And if anything, you know, a lot of the time in my internships, I feel like I learned, I mean, I learned things doing the work that they gave me, but I learned so much more just being around you know, these older people, not old, I don't want to call them old, but you know, like (laughs) people who were older than me and had experienced a professional life for, you know, years, decades, whatever, and just being around them and like observing and, you know, sort of getting to know and understand like, you know, that sort of office etiquette or email Mm -hmm. etiquette or, or, or whatever. It just, I really enjoyed being around other professional people in a completely different way that I hadn't experienced, you know, um, being at college just it's so different being around other college students you know you get to kind of be a kid and then being thrown into this professional world you're like forced to really you know present yourself in a different way and it feels a little uncomfortable at first but everyone's really nice and everyone knows you're the intern you know (laughs) you're everyone's gonna kind of give you a break and Mm -hmm. be very gracious and helpful yeah, and which you actually made a perfect segue into my next question by talking by talking about that because I wanted to ask. So, how did how did you feel that Cal Maritime, both the GSMA curriculum specifically and then the overall school, prepare you for your jobs and internships? And then, how did you feel like you had to go maybe a little bit above and beyond? Kind of like you said, like I, you don't get to learn professional etiquette while at school. That's like the book type stuff that you're learning there. So you know, it's, you got to get out into the real world to to see how. How that goes. So how did you kind of see Cal Maritime preparing you and then going above that? Yeah, um, as far as like my major goes, um, 
you know, I, I really loved it. Um, I think I learned a lot. Um, I had really incredible teachers. Um, I hope they're all still there because they were so, so good. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's at the time, it seems really tedious. I know I, I wrote a lot of papers. Um, <laughs> it felt like every week I was writing, you know, 10, 15 pages for different classes. And I, you know, after four years of all that, it's like, man, when no is this ever going to end? Yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, that was something that helped me a ton in my professional life, just being able to conduct an email and, you know, a, or a presentation or putting together manuals for the company. I've, you know, helped write um, SOPs, things like that. Um, and, you know, it's interesting because you think that all of that stuff just sort of comes naturally or is common sense or, you know, is something that we should just know how to do. But I have seen, I mean, crazy emails come across my desk where I'm like, what world do we live in where this is an appropriate work email, you know? Um, so just being able to be a professional person, <laughs> I think, you know, um, on paper and just being able to present yourself well is a big, is a big one. Um, I also think that, um, the leadership that Cal Maritime taught, um, you know, was also, has also helped me and has really carried me in my professional career. Um, a big one was, you know, the uniforms. It seemed so silly to me, at, even at Cal Maritime, when people were getting in trouble in the mornings, you know, um, when we were all being inspected and people were still getting in trouble for their uniforms. I was like, come on, guys, this is not that hard, you know? I mean, I know it's 7 a.m. and we're all tired, but like get it together. It's not that bad. Um, but you know, I've had people on interviews or in interviews ask me, are you okay wearing a uniform? I'm like, well, you know, kindergarten to 12th grade, I went to Catholic school. And then I went to, you know, basically a military ish school uh, where I had to wear uniforms, you know, so I have no problem doing that, but it's pretty surprising. <laughs> yeah. It's surprising that people really can't, I mean, do that well, um, or struggle with it. Um, and I just think that Cal Maritime holds you to a completely different standard. Um, you know, we have had in the past, I've worked with cadets on our boats um, who came on um, for their cruises um, and we're only there for a couple of months, but um, you know, thankfully <laughs> I had really good experiences with all of them and they all made me really proud. I, nice. You know, some of them were from Texas Maritime mm -hmm. or other uh, maritime schools, but a lot of them were from Cal Maritime. Um, and they were all, I mean, all of the cadets that came through were, were lovely, um, and very professional and conducted themselves well. And it made me proud because I was hoping that it wouldn't be the other way around where I'd have to be like, I don't know these people yeah, or, exactly. you know, I didn't go to school with them. No, yeah. that's not my, you know, those aren't my people. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I think it, it really does show, um, because we've also had people in the past who came from hospitality um, schools and I just didn't, I wasn't as impressed, you know, um, they, and it's not necessarily their fault. They just aren't from a maritime background, but they didn't understand, you know, the chain of command and that made yep. things a lot more challenging for them. Um, so, you know, you can definitely see a huge, huge difference. Um, when someone is from Count Maritime. And, you know, I, I really attribute that to the core and, you know, the leadership skills that they give you there. Awesome. Yeah, I know we're, we're always um, in student affairs talking about, you know, because obviously the license track students, like 
really see the benefits of the core and, and the industries that they're mm -hmm. going into where IBL and GSMA sometimes are like, and why, why do I have to do this? Like, I'm not necessarily going to do this, but you and, and a couple other uh, IBL and GSMA uh, alums have all mentioned how the professionalism and things at the core gave them that, you know, like you said, it might be annoying. And it probably, I mean, it is annoying sometimes. It's like, why do I have to do these, <laughs> yeah. these little things? But it does pay off. And employers even talk about how, you know, the Cal Maritime IBL and GSMA students coming in, like the core has set them apart in terms of just their work ethic and how they conduct themselves professionally. So uh, we've just been trying to get that message out a little bit more like, yeah, it might not be what you're going to do, but there are these benefits that employers do see uh, down the line for you, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, um, I, I can even think of one person in particular that I worked with while I was an intern at Canal Barge. He was um, an older gentleman, probably like in his late 50s, early 60s, and he had gone to... I want to say SUNY Maritime. Um, and, you know, I mean, we were like decades apart in age. Um, and he, I mean, immediately, you know, just sort of took me under his wing and mm -hmm. was very kind, um, you know, and um, it in your professional career, if you ever meet anyone that has also gone to another Maritime Academy, it's like that instant connection, yeah. you know, and you can also tell that, you know, decades after graduation, you know, or years after graduation, I can just tell that these people carry themselves so differently, mm -hmm. you know, they just, they hold themselves to a higher standard as well, um, you know, so I always thought that was really interesting as well. I'm going to have to check my standards because I didn't go to a maritime academy. So do I, do I meet these standards? <laughs> sure, you're fine. They probably hold you there. Yeah, true, true. I'm, I'm getting indoctrinated in a different way. Yeah, for I'm sure. sure Wendy, Wendy doesn't let you mess around or anything. No, so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so kind of starting to finish up, what advice would you give to cadets that are kind of maybe looking to go this purser route or, you know, get kind of um, the career path that you've taken up to this point before you've decided not to transition a little bit? Um, yeah, so I would say that you know yourself better than anyone, you know, you know your goals and your aspirations, and <clears throat> I would say don't listen to anyone else that tells you that you're crazy, um, because I had so many people tell me that I was crazy, that, you know, the cruise ship industry was notorious for not paying well, and, you know, you'd be working really long hours and they constantly are extending your, um, you know, your rotations and things like that. And, you know, I, I just heard a lot of really negative feedback about the cruise ship industry. And my experience has not been like that at all. You know, I just, I'm really glad I didn't listen to anyone else. You know, there were a lot of haters out there. Um, <laughs> Always is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, I, I just somehow knew in my gut that that's what I wanted to do and, you know, felt very drawn to it. And I figured even if I don't like it, I can leave in a year or two, which wasn't the case. I absolutely loved it. And I stayed for four years. And honestly, if it wasn't for the pandemic, I'd probably still be riding around on the Mississippi, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> not knowing, you know, that, um, 
you know, and, and I just would have never known that I, I liked that or was interested in that if I had listened to all those other people, you know, I had a lot of people who told me, you know, they were going like the Matson route or the MSC route, or, you know, they were going after these jobs where they were going to be making a lot of money really mm-hmm. fast at very young ages. And, you know, I see the draw there and, um, you know, but also I'm like, that's just, that wasn't for me. You know, I just, I wasn't interested in that. And I made good money and I had a really great time and I got to travel a lot. And I had so many of my friends from Cal Maritime ask me like, what are you doing? You know, where are you? You're always on vacation. And, you know, I had a great schedule. Um, I worked six weeks on and two weeks off. So tons and tons of time to go home and see family, um, which was really important to me and travel and things like that. Um, So just, don't listen to anyone if they <laughs> try to persuade you other, you know, in another direction when you, you know, yourself the best and you know, you know, what your goals are. Yeah, totally. I think, uh, and er- everybody's values are, are different. That's, you know, one thing I try and talk with students about is like what one person's value is, is not what yours is going to be. Like you said, like some people want to make more money, others don't, some are looking for different experiences. And so, you know, yourself the best and listen to, to your gut, uh, and like you said, if you don't like it and you find out you don't like it, you can always change. You know, nobody is making Absolutely. you making you stay in something and uh, and you can definitely change up and, and move to something else. So with that, those are all the questions that I have. Uh, any closing thoughts, advice, anything um, to say to the cadets or anything? No, just, um, you know, if you're graduating, don't be afraid. You're going to be fine. You'll get a job, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> don't be nervous and congratulations, um, you know, on graduating. And um, if anyone wants to reach out to me, um, you know, please do so. Um, I'm also in the middle of North Carolina right now. So I don't know that there's any internships here, but if you do find one, let me know and you can sleep on my couch or in my spare bedroom or, you know, um, you know, I'm also from San Diego. I have a ton of family members there. you know, who knows, we might be able to find you a, a space, you know, yep. my family is a big Portuguese Italian family, we welcome everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, you know, you never know, just make sure you kind of put yourself out there. Awesome, awesome. And we'll, we'll make sure we link uh, your email and LinkedIn into the on our website. So students can reach out. And we always encourage students, even if, you know, Jamie doesn't have something in particular, if you just want to talk and pick people's brains, like that's always great for networking, it doesn't even have to be for a specific purpose. So, um, definitely, but Jamie, thank you very much. Um, nobody knows what happened before this, but it was take two, actually people, this is take two. We had to do it all over again because of of sound. So, uh, thank you. I'm glad it worked out this time and and we'll get this out and, and published for the students. Yeah. Great. Thank you.